Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again to Ethan. What a great guest. My God. Yeah. That stuff is so fascinating. The only problem is you sit here and you go, oh, boy, I'm really contributing a lot, aren't I? <laughs> he, uh, you know, the fact that his wife, he basically came to his wife when the Ukraine war broke out and they had just had a baby. And I think his baby was only about six weeks old. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to go to Afghanistan. Or I'm, I'm going to go to Ukraine and help uh, orphan children. And she said, uh, why would you do that? He's like, because that's why I'm here. That's my job. I, I understand that I'm a part of our family, but part of my job is to go help others. So him and a bunch of other ex-Marines got on a flight, went to Ukraine, and saved 140 children who, as he told me one time, if those Marines had not gone and saved those kids, the mm-hmm. probably what would have happened is those kids would have been sold. How crazy is that? Oh, God, yeah, I bet. Because they have nowhere to go. And what happens is these kids get to the border and... People just go, you know, traffickers just go, well, come with me. You got nowhere else to go. So they end up getting sold. And, yeah, he's a very extraordinary man. So I'm glad that I'm so – here's the thing. I hang out with comedians all day who do nothing but complain and sleep mm-hmm. until noon. This guy gets up and pounds right. pavement at, you know, 5 a.m. I love this guy. Yeah, hell of a guy. Hell of a guest, too. No doubt about it. Um, been kind of avoiding this for the first couple of hours of the show, but again, I don't really have a personal opinion about any of this stuff, but it is the biggest story out there right now. What to expect from Trump's arraignment day today. It's at 2.15 Eastern time. Is that correct? I, I believe that's what I read. Yeah. Yeah. 2.15 Eastern time. We have the court appearance to end all court appearances. First time a, a sitting or former president's ever been, uh, indicted. It's going to be interesting. Former President Trump arrived at Trump Tower after flying from Florida to New York on Monday, and he was spending the night at his residence before turning himself in to face criminal charges. His arraignment at a Manhattan courtroom is scheduled for 2.15 today, reports NPR, which is among the outlets taking a look at uh, what the day will hold. No, you cannot watch it, by the way. Multiple media outlets filed motions seeking to record the hearing, but Trump's lawyers on Tuesday opposed uh, allowing cameras in. ABC News reports that will create a circus-like atmosphere at the arraignment, raise unique security concerns, and is inconsistent with President Trump's presumption of innocence, uh, Trump lawyer argues. The judge in the case ruled the hearing cannot be broadcast and neither cell phones nor laptops can be used in the courtroom, but that still uh, photographs can be taken of Trump in the hallway before the arraignment starts. CNN and NBC News report. So... It says here, what are the charges? But they don't really know yet. Nobody knows what the charges are yet, do they? Other than the, the people in the office? Just the hush money is all I've heard so far. The hush money, that's the deal? Mm-hmm. And that was for Stormy Daniels? Stormy Daniels, yeah. But isn't that the one that's like seven years old, so it, didn't it expire? You know, I, that I'm not sure about. I've, I don't have all the details on it. I, all I know is that 
uh, it says here, but believed to relate the payments of $130,000 in hush money to right. porn star Stormy yeah. Daniels during the closing weeks of the 2016 election. Uh, there was some sort of extortion deal that they were talking about. So I, I don't know. I, I don't have all the details on it. I wonder if you went back and looked at all. And again, I'm not trying to defend Trump here at all. I'm just trying to learn something, how things are going to be working from now on. Because I do believe that now this has happened, it's never going to stop. They're going to be arresting each other and charging each other. And the, the Republicans and the Democrats are going to battle and battle. And they made it even worse. Look, again, if he committed crimes, he should pay for them. Mm -hmm. This is America. You commit a crime, you should pay for your crimes. Nobody ever does anymore. You have noticed that, by the way. Mm-hmm. But um, I just, I don't really understand. I mean, I understand the politics of it all. This is all about an election that's coming up next year. And again, I'm not assuming that he did or did not commit crimes. I don't know if he did. I guess we'll find out. Uh, what are the charges? Sources tell ABC that Trump faces about two dozen charges, some of them felonies. No, they said all 34 of them were felonies on the news this morning, so that's not true. Yeah, that's what I had read this morning. I'm looking at Yahoo News, and that's what they're saying as well. Yeah, so now this this story says that's not true. Is is there any th such thing as good reporting anymore? No, it's awful. It's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. There was a there was an article written about one of my a city I lived in in Maxim Magazine, and I went and read it, and everything about it in ma in the magazine was completely false. And it was yeah. the first time I ever went. Does anybody get anything right? I don't think they do, man. Um, Related hush money paid to Stormy Daniels during Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. The charges won't be unsealed until the arraignment. The former president will plead not guilty, his lawyers have said. So that, that's the big charge against him. Well, that might be the first one that they can get him on something, and then it yeah. opens a door to other things. Possibly, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. That's probably true. I, I don't. And again, I'm not taking sides in this. I'm trying to report this, but I'm looking back, and it did just pop up. Now, didn't Bill Clinton pay Paula, what's her name, $850,000 for the same reason? Mm, I believe so. So what's the difference? And again, yeah. I don't know all these other differences. I'm not saying anybody's innocent or anybody's guilty. That's not my job. I'm reporting the news. But I, this is why I think this is – now that they've done this, this is never going to end. They're going to be going after everybody. The Republicans go after the Democrats. The Democrats after the Republicans. They're going to piss away millions and millions and millions of our dollars. I, look, maybe, maybe when you're the president, you should behave. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. JFK was a uh, pretty good president, and he made a lot of terrible decisions while he was Oh, around, yes, he did. So, Matter of yeah. fact, they closed the pool that he used to bang women in all the time at the White House. No way. Oh, that's great. <laughs> what is it now? It's, Flower garden? No, it's the press room. Oh, really? They, put a, they put a floor right over the pool. It's now the press room. That's funny, man. <laughs> oh, the ghosts of presidents, you know, hitless past. Oh, wow. Can you imagine... In these dictatorships, how these a-holes act? Can you even oh. imagine that? No. Jesus. People are delicate flowers. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jesus. It says here, what is an arraignment? PBS is among the outlets offering an explainer, and it notes that an arraignment is generally the first court appearance a person makes. That is when they appear before a judge to hear the charges against them and be informed of their rights. 
The appearance before the judge is expected to last about 15 minutes. The defendant enters their uh, plea and also typically completes paperwork and has their photograph and fingerprints taken behind closed doors. Since the charges he faces don't require bail to be set in New York, Trump will likely then be allowed to leave the courtroom. In an unlikely occurrence, the uh, judge did decide to order him held without, uh, with or without bail, actually. His lawyers would strenuously fight that. No handcuffs, no cell. Uh, yes, there's going to be a motorcade. Maybe there'll be a mug shot. They don't know if that's they're going to do a mug shot or not. I don't know. I'm trying to decide. Is this so? This is they kind of admitted last night on all the news channels that this is all about the election next year. This is uh, you know the two sides battling as hard as they possibly can. Which I'm not saying this is true, but to me. It appears that you got a couple of weak candidates. Do you see it that way? Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered any. I feel like it, this is it's like such a wild goose chase because it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Like I can't remember who had said it one time, but there was a guy who was going after Michelle Bachman. And finally, at some point, oh, somebody yeah. said, uh, you know what? Why don't you just let her do her own thing? Because eventually she's going to step on her own feet. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, that's yeah. right. I feel like maybe if we would have just let Trump do his thing, it would have it wouldn't have worked out for him anyway. So what's the difference? Like, he wasn't going to get the nomination. Uh, let him just go fade away. I, I don't know. At some point, he's going to tire out, isn't he? This feels like a very long I, boxing yeah. match. I would think one of my – so far, i got to be honest with you. My favorite thing about this whole thing so far, and, and I wish I could tell you I knew enough about it to, to pick sides in this. I have no knowledge of what actually did happen, what will happen. I don't have a dog in this fight. You guys do what you do. But I, I just – the one thing I'm really enjoying <laughs> is this Taco Pina, this, this lawyer that mm -hmm. Trump has. Oh, yeah. Have you seen him talk? Oh, this guy is a gem. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I was talking to the guy yesterday, and he told me, hey, Taco Pina. <laughs> He's one of those guys. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, I just love that stuff. So, yeah, we'll see uh, what the situation is, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I, uh, you know, they're going to arraign him at 2.15 this afternoon. That'll be 1.15 Minnesota time. We'll see what happens. But I, I think, and I hope I'm wrong, but I think this is going to set off a series of these things where everybody's going to get charged with crimes just to pay them back. This is going to get hideous, isn't it? No, it already is. Yeah, it already is. That's true. Calm down, everybody. Relax. Maybe we should uh, not give the president so much power to do whatever they want to do. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, it is weird how there's so many times that you look back on history and they're like, you know, so-and-so is doing this now. And you're like, well, yeah, but the guy three presidents back did all this stuff that was way worse than what so-and-so is doing now. Right. Like, right. what's the difference? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, again, it's not because he's a Democrat. It's just because I think back during World War II, it was a different different time, obviously. But uh, FDR turned away an entire ship full of Jews on the St. Louis, and I believe every one of them died. I know most of them died because of it. And, of course, the United States uh, encamped Japanese people for mm -hmm. a long time. They kind of ignore that now, don't they? Yeah. And it's not because he's a Democrat. That's not why I brought it up. It's because it actually happened. That's why I brought it up. I just wonder. I mean... So 
if you're in the right club, you're it's okay to whatever you do. And I suppose that's the way Republicans look at Republicans, Democrats look at Democrats. Could we all just maybe follow the letter of the law and uh, get your head out of your ass and act like a normal human being? Or is that not possible with that much power? Yeah. Sometimes it's okay to just sit back and realize that you're living in history. Like you are living yeah. in, we yep. are making so much history in this moment right now that this moment in time will be studied the way that we look at the Renaissance, the way that we yeah. look at, at yeah. World War II, we look at the Great Depression. They will study this time. This is like one of those moments, these benchmark moments in history. Just sit back and relax and watch it all unfold. You don't have to have, your opinion does not matter and what's going to happen. So enjoy it, watch it all unfold, and eventually tell your grandkids about all the crazy stuff that you saw uh, during you know, the, the COVID era, around the Trump uh, indictment. Enjoy all of it. Suck it all in, and then just keep all those stories for years so you can pass them down to your grandkids. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Oh, by the way, I just looked at a picture of the judge, Judge Juan Marchand. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the guy who uh, Trump said, Juan Marchand hates me because of previous cases. <laughs> well, that's not a good sign, no, is it, if yeah. the judge hates you? And how could they appoint a judge that hates the person that's on trial? That's, I'm assuming they don't agree with him that he doesn't hate Trump, but that's the only, they can't appoint a judge that hates the guy, can they? Well, if you have things in, in, you know, on the internet, in the open, that have been on record of him saying these things, then I would say, yeah. yeah. But if this guy has, you know, but this, then again, this could be Trump just trying to like stir the pot, yes. like, see what they're yes. doing to me, see how they're already stacking the cards against me. And this one guy is probably like, dude, I, I know nothing about you. I'm, I'm obviously you transcend and I know of you, but I'll, all the other stuff, like, he's probably never worked a case Trump ever had. So, yeah. So, obviously, like you said, you can't believe anything anyone says. Oh, this is kind of tough, though. Politico notes that Mershon, 60, has presided over two tax fraud cases related to the former president's business empire. Okay, so I eat my ne- words. Yeah, great. <laughs> and totally neither agree. ended w- Neither ended well for Trump. So, yeah, how could – and again, I'm I don't I'm not playing favorites here. I just don't understand how if the guy already nailed – Trump twice. Why would you let him preside over this case? Yeah. Uh, you ever see the documentary Pepsi Where's My Jet? Yes. Yeah. Yep. At the end of that, they talk about that judge and how this whole litigation went on for years and years. And finally, this one judge was just like, get out of my court. What are you going to do? You really think Pepsi's going to give you a jet? And everyone was angry about it. <laughs> yeah, and they exactly. went, oh, my God. But maybe, yeah, maybe that's the judge that they need in this thing. It'd be tough. It's Here's the thing. Guys like this who are so big, who transcend every, I mean, they transcend everything. It's tough to get away from it and not have an opinion. So to find somebody who is down the middle, who doesn't know anything about, I mean, just think about the juror member, like how long that's going to take. Yep. I don't know. We'll keep an eye on it. Like I said, I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it because it's my job to keep an eye. I, but why watch it? I don't mean I'm going to sit and watch the whole thing. I'm going to keep an eye on it because it's my job to keep an eye on it. I don't know that I'd like either Judge Mershon or Donald Trump. So I don't, you know, I just don't have a favorite in this deal. I'm looking for justice. That's what I would like to see. Justice in America, no matter who gets it, whether you hate him or not. We still need justice in America. That's mm-hmm. my only opinion on this whole deal. So we'll see. By the way, uh, if I were Donald Trump, I'd be a little nervous because this this uh, Judge Mershon gets a look at it. First of all, he's 60 years old. He looks like he's about 40. Sure. He's a very young-looking guy. But he has a look in his eye like, I'm going to get you. Mm. Have you seen the picture? No, the one I'm looking at of, of him right now is just like him just sitting there with a smile on his face. 
but it, it's not like it's not like he's like shooting daggers or anything. It's just a, like a headshot. So it's not the one where he's got a half a smile. That one. Um, it's not maybe. that one. No, not that. Not, that's not the one I see. But I'll, I'll take a look and see if I can find that. Because the one I'm looking at, he's got a look in his eye like, I'm going to get you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do kind of see the one of him when he's sitting at the judge's podium where you're like, Ooh, right. yeah, I don't want those eyes staring back at me if I got, <laughs> if I got 10 years looking, if I'm staring down the barrel of some time in jail. That's what I'm saying, man. I would not want the judge to look at me like that if I was on trial. No. I'll tell you that, man. No. Whoa. A little frightening. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on the whole thing. We do have to, you know, report the case because it's up there. Uh, no matter who you support or you think happened or whatever, I really don't have an opinion. I don't know. We'll keep an eye on it. 2.15 today, one fifteen Minnesota time. So we'll keep an eye on it, uh, I guess, until the case is over. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does, you talk about it, though, setting the tone like – Former presidents better look out, man, because uh, oh, listen, yeah, because yeah, oh, yeah. they could come for anything. Like Obama, remember that time you took that cigarette butt and you flicked it out the window, huh? We're <laughs> getting yeah, you for you littering, go. bud. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be hideous. If, if this thing goes anywhere, it's going to get really hideous. Everybody's going to be under suspicion, and it's going to, oh, God. This could get really hideous, but what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, a couple, I'm looking at the, the, the current news. Two things pop up. Stroke cancer caused Christine McVie's death. Raquel Welsh had Alzheimer's. It's like death story. There's the judge in the Trump case and death stories. It's like, God. (laughs) Uh, A little harsh today. Leonardo DiCaprio testified at a trial of Fuji's rapper. Fuji's rapper? What? I don't even know what the hell. uh, Fuji's, is that a rap group? I don't know anything about Fuji's. Maybe. uh, The Fuji's? The Fuji's? Let's see. Yeah, basically, Fuji's yeah. Ra- uh, Leonardo DiCaprio testifies at trial of Fuji's rapper Prakazril Prakazril Praz Michel is accused of funneling as much as a hundred million dollars. What? Funneling it to where? I didn't show up. Didn't show up in my account. That's all I know. Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> testified Monday at the trial of former Fuji rapper. Prakazrel Praz Michel, who is accused, it could be Michael, I guess. It's M I C H E L, Michel, Michael, mm. who's accused of conspiring. Look, I, I, I admit openly, I hate rap music. California Love's about the only, the only rap song I ever liked because it was very positive. I just, it's just, it's way too, it's, that music is way too arrogant for me. You know what I mean? Everybody's a tough guy, and everybody's this, and everything. It's just I don't like that music. You like you like rap? Yeah, I'm a, there's a few things I'm a big fan of. Yeah, um, but uh, oh yeah, oh I see. Oh yeah, Praz. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Remember the Fugees? That was you. Remember the Fugees? They had that. Um, yeah. Lauren, what was her name? Lauren Hill. Yeah, she, yeah. Th- I think it's Lauren Hill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was her. Yeah, Praz. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. There you go. Uh, the 50-year-old New York native whose trial began on Thursday has maintained his innocence. The AP offers a look at the main characters in the international scandal and the fun that fueled it. Michelle was a founding member of the influential 1990s hip-hop group, the Fugees. So it's more hip-hop than rap. Yeah, they actually had like okay. some. Yeah, they had some good. There's a couple of tracks in there I think you would like. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I like. I love R&B. That's the. Pro- See, I'm pissed off. I'm, I'm holding a grudge because I love R&B, and this kind of replaced R&B. So, you know, it's it's not the same. Sure. Um, Lauren, yeah, Lauren Hill and Wycliffe Jean. Is it Jean or Jean? Wycliffe Jean. Jean. Yeah, Wycliffe, Wycliffe Jean. Jean. Yeah. That's what I mm-hmm. thought. Yeah. Uh, the prosecutor's alleged Michelle cons- uh, conspired with Malaysian business person Low Take, 
Your name is not Low Take. You made that up. <laughs> Low Take Joe. That's his name. To funnel money from uh, 1MDB, Malaysian Development Burhad, a Malaysian uh, state fund established in 2009 to promote development to Obama's 2012 re-election campaign through straw donors. Wait a minute. You lost me. They stole money to give to Obama for his campaign? Is that what they're saying? Hmm. Let me read this again. Is that what this says? Prosecutors allege Michelle conspired with Malaysian businessman Lotak Cho to funnel money from the 1MDB, 1 Malaysia Development Burhad, a Malaysian state fund established in 2009 to promote development. They di- they diverted the money to Obama's 2012 re-election campaign. Ooh, so this is kind of like uh, Brett Favre. What, gonna what the t- Yeah. <laughs> Taking money to pay for a volleyball court. Now, is Obama going to have to answer for that? Did he know where the money came from? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, this, think, I think oh, that's why yeah. they have the big packs, right? So that it can yeah. keep it separate. Like, yep. Yeah, that's why. So probably not, but I don't know. They'll, uh, they'll probably figure out a way. Do you think every living president will be arrested by the end of the week? <laughs> Jesus. Poor Jimmy this Carter is, getting hauled out in a wheelchair boy. and cuffs. Well, this guy, he's 98 <laughs> years old, sicker than the sun. I thought he'd be dead by now, but yeah. he's still hanging in there. Yeah. That is the one guy, i got to be honest with you again. I didn't agree with much of what he did, but I think he's a really decent human being. I would, I would love to meet, uh, well, I'm, not, I'm never going to meet Jimmy Carter because he's very ill. But he seemed like such a nice man, didn't he? Very much so. And the fact that, yeah. you know, he was a, a hell of a carpenter and built all them houses for Habitat yeah. for Humanity. Yeah. Yeah, he did. DiCaprio, who is not accused of any wrongdoing, has known Michelle since the 1990s and low uh, professionally and socially for years. Uh, the Oscar-winning actor testified he had met and befriended Lowe at a birthday party in Las Vegas in 2010. Lowe gave DiCaprio gifts, which he has since returned, including a Picasso. Oh, it's this guy. I heard about this. Yeah, he gave him a $3.2 million Picasso. Wow. <laughs> apparently, DiCaprio has realized, maybe I better give this back. Sure. And Jean-Michel Basquiat. Is it Basquiat? I forgot. I've heard his name before, but I can never remember how to pronounce it. Not sure. That's the big uh, tagger, right? He started tagging and then became a, an artist. Oh, yes. That guy, yeah. Yeah, think, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Basquiat. Uh, valued at nine point two million, so he got a gift. He was gifted only twelve and a half million dollars worth of art for no reason. Lowe would use money from one MDB to finance the Martin Scorsese film The Wolf of Wall Street, which starred DiCaprio. DiCaprio testified that he had his team in the studio vet Lowe first, and they found to be a legitimate business person wanting to invest in a movie. Well, what a shock you found he was legitimate. <laughs> Jesus, this is these stories are amazing. I, I will tell you this. These stories today, whether it's the Trump story or the DiCaprio story or the Basquiat story, whatever, uh, fascinating stories about people committing crimes this morning. Mm -hmm. Does everybody think they can just get away with whatever they want? Doesn't digital change all that? Are you going to get away with anything because of digital? I don't know. The way we treat law enforcement nowadays, everybody feels like they're entitled to a little above the law. I suppose that's true. We'll keep an eye on that story. That's a fascinating story because that, that $100 million, that could go a long way, man. Mm-hmm. So we got the Trump deal to watch. We got the DiCaprio thing to watch. Well, DiCaprio's not, he's just, he's just testifying. He's not involved in it because he gave back the art. Now, if he'd kept the art, he probably would be involved in it, don't you think? Sure, yeah. 
Lots of great crime going on, apparently, ladies and gentlemen, we need to keep an eye on. But we have to take a break here coming up in just a couple of minutes. Score North Judd Zolgad will join us, and we'll be talking about, yeah, I, like I said, I could take a bow right now and say, yeah, I predicted they'd be undefeated, but I don't do things like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? We'll be right back. Judd will join us right after this Tom Bernard Show. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant. The latest statistics are out for 2022, and although 48 states, including Minnesota, have texting and driving laws in place, many American drivers still take part in this dangerous practice daily. According to the National Safety Council, cell phone use while driving led to 1.6 million crashes, and nearly 309,000 injuries occur each year from accidents caused by texting while driving. Scariest of all, over 3,000 deaths are caused by texting and driving. And these are only the numbers that have been verified. Who knows how many more there actually were? The bottom line is this. In Minnesota, we have the hands-free law in place for a reason. To keep you and those around you safe. The simple solution is please don't text and drive. It's against the law. By practicing safe driving habits, you can break the cycle of distracted driving. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured. Right now, MyPillow has a massive closeout sale happening on their all-season slippers. Listeners continually make the MySlippers the number one selling MyPillow product, and I have a feeling you'll want to stock up now when you hear this offer. When you use my promo code TOM, T-O-M, you'll get the all-season slippers for $25, regularly $149.98. That's over $120 in savings. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout. These will sell out. Trust me on that one. My slippers have an exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slipper. The patented layers make these slippers ultra comfortable and extremely durable. They help relieve stress on your feet, and you can wear them anytime, anywhere. They also come in a ton of additional sizes and all new colors. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square to grab a pair of the all-season slippers for only 25 bucks. Regularly priced at $149.98. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout. Enter promo code TOM, T-O-M, for this incredible offer. They won't last long, so order now. Finding great people to hire is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. It's pretty difficult, right? Well, ZipRecruiter has mastered finding a needle in a haystack, so they take it to the next level. They make hiring so simple that it's like finding a needle in a needle stack. And that's why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. Here's what it's like to use ZipRecruiter. They have so many qualified candidates that it's easier to find the right ones for your roles. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. That's a lot of needles. So how do they do it? ZipRecruiter's powerful technology sends you candidates who are a great match for your job, and you can even invite your top choices to apply. So if you want less hay and more needles, head to ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash F-R-E-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. 922 down 22 minutes after 9 o'clock here at the Tom Bernard Show Um you know, it's so amazing. We talked to Ethan Nagel about, what, 35 minutes? Mm-hmm. And that interview sounded seemed to me like it was about 10 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it was very interesting. I mean, it's yeah. fascinating. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Now, that puts a lot of pressure on Nor- uh, Score North's Judd Zolgad to be interesting, too, <laughs> which, you know, 
Well, Good cause. Hold on a Rob. second here. The Twins are undefeated, <laughs> my man. You yeah, baby. Go on about how great they've played. I'm here to tell you, Judd. It was called right here in the Tom Bernard Show before the season started. 162-0, and baby. Damn, have they looked good. I mean, I know it's four games, but uh, it's fun. You know what's incredible, Tom? It's incredible when when you have a team that pitches well, is competent in the field, and runs the bases like a smart team instead of a bunch of dummies. How, how much fun has this been? And don't get me started on the new rules, which I'm absolutely in love with. Yeah, I agree with you. Two hours, I believe. It was a long game last night. It was two hours and 35 minutes. My God, oh, I'm done. a long one. I'm I'm done with baseball now. So you're gonna fold up the tent. Yeah, uh, Catherine and I went to the game last night down in Miami. The Miami Marlins hosting your Minnesota Twins. The Twins just crushed them right out of the chute. Scored eight runs in the first four innings and a couple of more, a few more actually got up to eleven. Uh, it was so much fun to. What's weird and and Judd, you probably know about this. I did not know about this. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting in the Marlins Stadium, Lone Depot Stadium. It's called. A nice place. I really, I was very impressed with it. I thought it was a nice place. Catherine thought it was a little dingy, but you know, she's a very tidy housekeeper. Oh God! <laughs> if she heard me say that, she'd hang me. Anyway, that was very um, condescending, Tom. That was very. It really that was. Came off so. very kind. The tidy housekeeper. <laughs> Which she'd go, yeah, okay, pal. Whatever you think. Good for you. Exactly. But um, watching that game last night in person. Uh, there are a couple of guys that need to start hitting the ball. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like both players, as a matter of fact, but they're just not hitting right now. Uh, if we get them going, I mean, geez, we can score 20 runs a game. It was so fascinating because I am not exaggerating when I tell you that between 50% to about 66% of the people in that stadium were Minnesota Twins fans. Packed with Minnesota Twins fans last night. Really? That's yep. really intriguing. So is is that transplants, in your opinion? Is that people that just made the trip? What, some of think? them were. Yeah, some of them were. When we, see, we took the train down, the Bright Line. You can take. You took the train down to Miami Depot, and then there was a bus there to take us to the stadium. Uh, it's a great thing if you ever if you ever get a chance to absolutely do it. Go to the uh, Lone Depot Stadium, the Miami Marlins Stadium. It's a lot of fun. Food sucks, but, you know, what are you going to do? That's disappointing. Yeah, it really is disappointing, but um, we got there last night, and we're sitting there, and we're watching the game, and it's just so much fun to see the Twins. Like you said, Judd, I, I, I knew they were going to be a lot better than people thought they were going to be, but I didn't know they are going to go into Miami and score 11. I mean, Miami was out of that thing in the first inning. They were never close again, never. Yeah, what, uh, Kepler started the game with a home run. Joey Gallo hit, what, a two-run shot or a three-run shot, and he's just been... Absolutely fantastic! What <laughs> yep. three home runs now? Uh, yes, sir. Got got three home mm-hmm. runs. I I just the whole thing just. And by the way, on so on the bus we get off the train and we get on the bus to be taken to the stadium. Right across the aisle from me on the bus is a young man, and he's wearing a Minnesota T-shirt. So I start talking to him. His name is Bill. I didn't ask him his last name, but. Uh, Bill and I are talking about this, that, and the other thing. And then we get off the bus. He goes, do you mind if I take a picture with you? I didn't know he knew who I was. I just thought oh, we were funny. having a conversation. Yeah. I said, yeah, we can take a picture if you want. And he goes, yeah, my dad, he, all he ever talks about when the Twins are playing is the 87 and 91 World Series. <laughs> when you guys in that show 
man, you you <laughs> entertained us like that. So his father is a big, big fan, a big listener and all that. that. That was such a nice touch. It was very, very sweet. Yes, you know what? That You're exactly right. That feels good, right? Like, I, I think people oh, yeah. don't get get that that it's like thank you i appreciate that and and especially when it brings back and i think this is where baseball is special too especially when it brings back memories and baseball has such a perfect way of doing that because i mean i've said the same thing to you 87 you know kq 91 it was fantastic because it was so much fun at the time i'm telling you we're gonna have fun this year because this team is now four and oh uh, it hasn't been close. I mean, they couple won a couple of two nothing uh, games, but the fact that they uh, scored no runs—I'm sorry—you can't call a game close by two runs because you didn't score any runs. That's yeah. not close, you know. Correct. Uh, it's been so much, so so much fun so far. I can't even tell you. I just absolutely am having a ball. Catherine's having a ball to be there with Catherine watching that game last night. The people coming over, there was a, uh, tons and tons of people from Minnesota. It was really cool. No, that, that's uh, awesome. That's really no, awesome. No, it was. That, but that's baseball. That's another one of those sports. Like when yep. you go to an NFL game, you're so jacked up and you get so aggressive. You can exchange, you know, and have a good time with, with fans, you know, <laughs> high five and doing all that stuff. But right. in baseball, it's more, it's just kind of being into the game and, and watching things develop and all the rest. Look, I'm a huge Viking fan. Don't get me wrong. But the Twins, man, the Twins are very, very special in my heart. And to have them open the way they've opened is, is just a, what a treat for me. This is wonderful. Going to baseball games, though, you, you're exactly right. Going to baseball games is fantastic because, yes, it's nuance, right? Like there's a lot to watch. And like you just said, it's this sort of relaxed or not sort of. It is a relaxed vibe. Um, mm-hmm. I go to Vikings games and sit in the press box. And I'm not trying to be the old man here, but if I <laughs> didn't go to Vikings games and sit in the press box, I would never, I would sit at home and watch every one of those games. Like the atmosphere in an NFL stadium to me um, down in the stands is so unappealing because of what you just talked about. You know, especially the worst part of that one is the weekend warriors who wait all week yeah. for Sunday and just get <laughs> obliterated. And they're, I, I mean, the Metrodome, in my opinion, turned absolutely toxic towards the end because it was yes. just a drunk tank. No, you're 100 percent right, Judd. It, it people got so incredibly hammered, uh, got out of line. It was just it was really uncomfortable, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new stadium's uh, a beautiful situation. It's just so funny that you take what these gigantic men are doing down on the field and put it in your own head and all of a sudden you think you're one of them. Well, you're not one of them. Calm down. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Are you kidding? Oh my God. If you, when, when, when you sit close enough to a game too, you realize to your point, how big these people are and also how fast they move and how physical they are. Yeah, no, there's no, the, the, um, the thought process that, that, any of us could like pick up a bat and you know throw me a hundred pitches and I'll get two hits. No, you won't. You'll strike out a hundred times. No, that's exactly it. There's no question about it. You look now uh, where where our our Minnesota Twins stand. Mm-hmm. That's rather interesting because I'm looking at the standings right now. Your Twins are only up by half a game. You know, 
People don't realize that. They've not lost a game yet, but the Guardians have uh, played one more game, and they have one loss. So uh, you got the Guardians at 4-1. Four, uh, four and one. You got the Twins at 4-0. and oh, So, you know. Uh, the White Sox are under 500. The Tigers are way under 500. The Royals are way under 500. So uh, it's the Guardians. It's the Guardians and the Twins again like it was last year, right? Uh, yes. Now, the White Sox, you know what? I can't t- decide. They're a weird team. I believe they got uh, drilled 12-3 yeah. to by San Francisco in their home opener yesterday. The White Sox, though, they should be better. But I said the same thing last year, and they weren't. And, yeah, and so, yep. in, in fact, I think if I'm not mistaken, by the end, when the Twins fell apart, Cleveland obviously won the division. The White Sox, I think, did uh, jump the Twins, and the Twins w- were third. But if I had told you, even a weekend, Tom, if I had told you essentially four to five games in that the two undefeated teams in the American League would be the Tampa Bay Rays and Twins, yeah. I bet you would have uh, <laughs> said, you know what, you should get one of those Hubbard drug tests right now. You know what's great about that for the Twins, by the way, and I don't know if people understand this or not, but, yeah, the Rays are 4-0 and the Twins are 4-0, but the Twins have played all their games away, whereas the Rays played three out of the four of their wins at home. Mm, I like that. So, you know. So tell me the story. So you were at the game last night. Yes. And you are, are back in studio now? Yep. I'm in studio as we speak, doing the show. Well, the great thing about it is, is that you... You go, we sat right behind the Twins dugout, which felt kind of weird. I got to be very honest with you to be on the road watching the Twins right behind their dugout. Because back in the day when I did it from 1987 through, I guess, you know, the late 90s, I knew every player that came in and out of the dugout. Some of them were my friends, the Kent Herbecks and Tim Laudners and Roy Smalley's and, uh, you know, all those guys just really, really good friends. And I know the players, but I don't know any of them personally. That felt kind of weird in a way, you know? You know, Tom, this this year is about reestablishing the Bernard Twins magic so that you're back at the ballpark, you get to know the players. Like, like we need to go back to the, those days. To your point, you don't have to get up as ridiculously early now. Right. This is the time. This is the yep. time to reestablish that Bernard Minnesota Twins magic that led to not one but two World Series championships. We're going to get it back, that? ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, with Thad Levine was on yesterday. You 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 talked to Thad a lot. Oh, Thad's great. He is a yeah, great guy. He is he is first of all hysterically funny, and yes, a great guy and sharp as you can be. Yeah, he, I was very, very impressed with him, as a matter of fact. And I just, I was going to go up and try to find Dick Bremer up in the up in the booth. And I decided, nah, I don't really want to do that. He's working and all the rest of it. But I love that. I, I I love everything about the Twins right now. You have really good people in charge. Good, have the good ownership going. Uh, Rocco has got to prove that he can win a, a playoff game. That's still sta- that's still dangling yeah. in front of his face. He's got to win a playoff game, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, I should t- tell you, um, unfortunately, d- during the course of things uh, falling apart for the Twins last year, Dick Bramer blocked me on Twitter. He did? Oh, because you complained? I, I, yeah, I, well, I complained about Bally's and him. I, I'm like, how can you be positive <laughs> about this crap? I got very upset. I get very, aside from the Wolves guys, Jim Pete and, and Michael Grady, the new Wolves play-by-play guy in Bally's, do a fantastic mm-hmm. job. But aside from that, I can't take it when teams aren't playing well and the announcers won't tell you. 
And like Dick has a tendency to try and apologize. Like Corey Provis on CCO, I think is outstanding because <laughs> he'll just get mad and he'll right. give you what's wrong. And Dick, and so I finally tweet, you know, I was tweeting about, yeah, how can you, how can you justify this crap or something? And the next thing you know, you are blocked by Dick Bramer. Oh, Dick, grow up, you big baby. I, I, I really like Dick. He's a very, very nice guy. We can, we can talk him out of that one. That's not going to be a problem. He's forty years in. He's forty. I, know, I think 40 this is year forty. Yep, it is. Oh, by the way, I should mention, I think you mentioned this already, Judd. Uh, there are only two teams in the entire Major League Baseball lineup. I'm talking about the AL East, AL Central, AL West, the NL East, NL Central, and NL West. Two teams undefeated, and that, as uh, Judd pointed out, would be the Rays and the Twins. Everybody else has lost a game. So what, what's, your, what's your most encouraging part so far? Because mine is probably starting pitching. Starting pitching is very impressive on that team right now. It really, really is. Uh, I knew they'd be a lot better, but I didn't know they'd be this good. They're, people are having a bitch of a time hitting this pitching, man. No doubt about it, right? Oh, yeah. And, and the other thing I love, and, and I'm convinced of this, Tom, I think the new rules, because they call yep. for a really quick pace, I think their result, those rules are resulting in better baseball because everybody is yep. on their toes. Like we don't get this. I'm going to walk around the mound three times and then the hitter is going to step out to piss me off. And then I'm going to walk around the mound. And you know, I, I mean, as a fan, I couldn't stand that, but I always thought fielders have to hate that crap, right? Like if I'm a fielder, I want you to pitch the ball. Yes. And then it, yep. it, cause like I, there's no way that especially outfielders don't start to daydream at times. So I think that this is, these rules are helping uh, big time because they're causing the game to be more crisp and fun. And I think when a pitcher gets the ball and throws the ball, the pitcher himself is going to be better off than when we get yep. all this throwing over. To, I'm going to throw over the first five times, which is just a bunch of crap. So I, I actually think the new rules are benefiting the twins in a big way yep. right now. I agree completely. You have to be up at 35, don't you? Uh, no, no, I'm fine till 43 or so. Oh, wonderful. Because we're talking keep going. baseball. Hey, once we start talking baseball, I have a hard time shutting up. There's no doubt about that. I love it, man. Don't don't apologize. Don't apologize. I, I, just, I love this. To sit in the stands and watch it all. And look, I hope Michael Taylor starts hitting the ball a lot better because he's a hell of a, a defensive player. Um, he's never been a good hitter, though, has he? No, he's not going to hit a ton. But you know what? You, you're you exactly right. Um, if they're going to do what they do and they're going to keep – here's the trade-off in my opinion. If you're going to keep Buxton healthy, right? Yeah. So if Buxton yep. is going to DH, but he's going to play, and the trade-off is Michael A. Taylor hits ninth, and he's not great with the bat, but you know what he is? A damn good center fielder. Yes, I think absolutely. I'll I think I'll take the trade-off. Yeah, Buxton stays healthy. It's going to help this. Buxton's on fire. My God, it's it's amazing. I mean. The one thing that was – it was nice to watch because he's a former twin, but Arise is hitting, what, almost 600? It's nuts. It is Jeez. nuts. <laughs> that fella is getting some hits, man. I, 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 Honest to God, he's hitting somewhere between 550 and 600. Unbelievable. Oh, it's, cra it's crazy. I, I think I <laughs> I looked it up through four games through Sunday. I, I want to say he was something like, just off, off the top of my head, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I want to say he was something like 9 for 14. I mean, it's just yeah. stupid. Yep. It's absolutely stupid. Hey, I, I got a question for you as a guy who's watched this team since day one, okay? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched them. I've watched them intently since '78, so I don't go back to '61. But here's my question: Is Buxton, when healthy, and so I realize this is not true across the board, but when Buxton is healthy, is he the biggest single difference maker as far as variety of different things he brings in Twins history? Uh, Got to be one of them, no question. The Rod Carew was another guy yeah. like that. Didn't hit for a lot of power. He could hit Good home one. runs. Didn't, didn't hit for a lot of powers, but man, could he hit the ball. Jesus. And he stole home, what, something like eight, seven times in 69, yeah. which is nuts. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking of this. You know, Byron Buxton on, was it Saturday? Byron Buxton takes third on a ground ball to short which in the real world is a stupid idea. But really? because he's so fast, they tried to throw him out a third, and they, and they, you know, the ball goes awry because the shortstop was so freaked out. Mm-hmm. And, then he, and then he scores on a shallow pop to center that right. nobody else could basically <laughs> score on. So I'm just it, – it's stuff like that where he, he alters baseball in ways that most players, the majority of players, absolutely cannot. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, that. That's the one thing about being a Twins fan over the years. There have been players on that team. We just talked to, about two of them, Rod Carew and and Buxton. We've had some talent. One of my favorite lines ever, uh, and I, I, it wasn't Herb Carneal. I can't remember who it was that used it. But you just talked about Carew stealing home seven times, right? Well, whenever Carew was on third base – he would take these massive leads off of third base. You remember that? Those huge leads he would take. Yes, yes, I do. And somebody came up with a, with a little story about that, and one of the guys in the booth for the, the Twins back then, uh, they said, one of these days, one of these days this ain't going to be good because most of the time when he was standing way off of third base, Harmon Killebrew was at the plate, oh. and they came up with a little thing, here lies the body of Rod Carew, Line to left by Killabrew. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Isn't that a great never, thing? Never heard that. Love that. Isn't it? Oh it's my. true, though. If he oh had hit God. a line shot at Carew, he would have killed him. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Yes. <laughs> yes, you're exactly right. But, no, I've, I've seen uh, some of the of the 69 Steel of Home clips, and uh, it is remarkable how far. And the pitchers oh. would literally freak out. And yes, I don't blame they them. Would. But you'd see the pitcher panic. You know what's weird, Judd and and Rudy, is I just got uh, here. You know, I'm not 15 anymore. Let me put it that way. But just talking about what we just talked about, the history of the Twins, Rod Carew, the the Harmon Killebrews, talking about the current team, I honestly do, and I know this sounds really sugar tit all the way, but I get a little tingling in my skin talking about my Twins. Isn't that weird? I don't think so. No, Rudy might. No, I think I, I think he might, but no, no, because I do, I do the exact same thing with old school twin stuff and yeah. North Star stuff. I loved the North Stars; they were. I my understand. Team. So yeah, understand it completely. I like a man with passion. Uh, I, I am a man with passion when it comes to my Minnesota Twins. I, I literally, honestly, can tell you, and I know this sounds really stupid. But I actually do have a love for the Minnesota Twins. I don't usually, you know, I love my family and my friends, and I don't, you know, no question about it. But I, I literally, honestly, I'm a big fan of the Vikings, 
But I love the Twins. I absolutely do. It's isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe it's yes, a childhood. yes and no, yes and no. I I mean, Tom, they won two World Championships, and as we've talked about a bunch, there's a large portion of the Twin Cities population that can't fathom that. No, I don't no, think it's that, that yeah, weird. You're right. I hope that's true because I got to be honest with you, and and the friendships that I've made because of those two World Series, uh, yep, it just the whole thing is just so special to me. And and again, I think it all goes back to that very first day when David Anderson's father took us to my very first Twins game. I was nine years. I don't even think I was nine yet. I think I was eight. And I remember sitting in the stands. I talked about this last week. Sitting in the stands, looking out. The lights had come on. And I looked out at this beautifully manicured lawn, which was, of course, the outfield, you know, that whole situation. But it's just, I have, I will never forget. I literally thought I was in heaven. It's like, my God, I've never seen anything this beautiful before. Right? When when you would walk through the entrance to the field, so not into the stadium, but the entrance to the field and, and... You'd come through that corridor, right? And it would unfold. The green would unfold yep. in front of yep. you with the guy with the guy with the hose watering down the infield. <laughs> yep. Among among the most beautiful <laughs> sights that the that my eyes will see in my lifetime. The first time is unbelievable. All right, I gotta get as soon as I get back, because I'm coming back in a couple of days, thank God. Um but I, I'm still pissed off, by the way, that it was like 37 degrees a couple of days ago in Minneapolis-St. Paul. They were playing in Kansas City, and it was 73 degrees and sunny. I know. <laughs> I, I know. There, there, are, there are rumblings this morning uh, that we're going to get an announcement by the end of the day with the potential to move the opening day game from Thursday to Friday. Because I yes. think we're supposed to be at 51 on Friday and 37 on Thursday or something like that. That is correct. 37 degrees on Thursday. That is exactly right. Maybe even a little snow on Thursday with that 37 oh, degrees. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> I just, somebody make I, it stop. If not you, somebody. <laughs> somebody. All right. Now I know you do have to go, pal. All right. It's, it's good. Talk to you, later. you know, having you guys on the docket today, you and Phil, to talk baseball, and Rudy's a baseball fan himself, no doubt about it. It's just you, for some reason, Judd, because you and I just met a couple of months ago, but you knew that that might passion for the twins was not bs it's real yes i love my minnesota twins man and I guess do. what four and all right now tom bernard four and well, oh. one of two teams in the major leagues to have an undefeated record that's all i'm saying all, all right, right talk to you tomorrow talk to you tomorrow thanks a lot judd Ladies and gentlemen, score north, Judd Zolgad. Uh, I love talking sports with him. Rudy, you like you got to like this, don't you? I'm a big fan of anybody who really knows what they're talking about. And yeah. those guys yeah. at Score North really got a handle when it comes to Minnesota sports. Well, I said it once again when I first sat down with everybody at Hubbard, you know, with Ginny and with Dan and with Amy and all everybody. Um, the big part of this whole situation was that they understood the the passion I had. They're the ones who put together. They 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 brought you in. They brought Brittany in. They brought Judd and Phil in. I mean, I can go down the list. I was lucky enough to bring my people along, like Kristen Burt and Bob Sansevier and you know Herbeck and all that. 
But they put together this show, and it just makes me so damn happy to, to, to do what we've done this morning. I am so happy about this stuff. This is the kind of radio that I love to do. It's none of this hypey crap or people being crabby or I wasn't listening and I was too busy preparing for You know, everybody's paying attention. Everybody's having fun. I, I'm just in heaven here. I really am, honest mm-hmm. to God. So thank you to listeners, too, because I guess I was talking to the sales department yesterday. And the numbers keep getting bigger and bigger. So God bless all of you. That's all I'm saying. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. We will take that break. We'll be right back in a few minutes, kind of wrap things up, check out and see if there's anything new that anybody else has been imprisoned or anything. We've got to keep an eye on that, too, don't we? <laughs> yeah, every 10 minutes, you got to check the ticker. Yeah, you really do. Mm-hmm. We shall be right back. This is Bob Sansevier, and I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife, Mary, when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work-related injury and have Dave represent you, I'm betting you'll be happy, too. Dave is a down-to-earth guy. He grew up in northern Minnesota, rides a Harley, and worked various jobs doing concrete, electrical, plumbing, roofing, and carpentry work. Dave works for people with work-related injuries. If you work construction, or anywhere for that matter, and you're hurt or even just hurting, you should talk to Dave. Let's face it, our bodies wear out. If your body is worn out from work, if your knees or back or shoulders hurt from things you do at work, do what Mary did. Call Dave and talk to him about it at Bialki Law to set up a free initial conversation. Consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit BialkiLaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E Law.com. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, We believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, We'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Attorney CPA Joe Cordell. Divorce forces a father to focus on what's most important, his children. You may no longer be a husband, but you'll always be a dad. In the divorce process, this comes down to three key concerns, physical custody, decision-making, as well as financial support. Each of these is important, and it's important that you choose a lawyer that cares as much about these issues as you do. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's Twin Cities attorneys, a partner men can count on. CordellCordell.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. A little news, a little information. Uh, Probably should check the weather since it's going to change quite a bit over the next week or four or five days, actually. Uh, Today, windy, a few morning flurries, no accumulation, though, then rainy and windy this afternoon, then a thunderstorm possible. So we got got covered from all angles here. We got 
We got flurries, we got uh, rain, we got thunderstorms. High of 41. Tonight, rainy and windy with a few thunderstorms, low of 38 degrees. On Wednesday, very windy with rain changing to brief period of light snow with a high of 38. And then temperatures falling late in the day. Thursday, though, um, opening day, supposedly for the Twins. They're thinking about moving it already because Thursday, partly to mostly sunny, but a high of only 37 degrees. Mm. That's a little cold baseball right there. But mm-hmm. Friday, Friday it's going to be sunny and 50, so they probably will move that Twins game to from Thursday to Friday, don't you think? I would imagine so. Sometimes uh, when it comes down to a, a audience comfortability, you kind of want somebody yeah. that yep. wants to be at the game instead of just showing up, getting their ticket punched, and then splitting after the second inning because they can't handle the cold. God, remember there was a baseball player I played for the Baltimore Orioles named Al Bumbry. Was a hell of a player, and uh, they're warming up for a game one time, and it's just a beautiful day in Minneapolis. It's like 75, and the sun's out, and they're warming up, and I'm sitting in the front row in my in my seats. So I start talking to Al Bumbry. He was a very very nice guy, actually. Yeah, older people would know his name. He was a very very good player. But I said, Al, man, why don't you come and play for the Twins? He goes, What? I said, Why don't you come and play for the Twins, Al? And he goes, Man. It's way too cold here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was 75 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, he, he wasn't in for that winter weather. But you don't, you don't live the, the baseball players don't live a lot of times in the same cities in the winter as they do when they're playing baseball in the summer. No, no. Uh, a lot of times, vi- yeah, Vikings players hit the road the second they get bumped out of the playoffs. I mean, they, yeah. are, they move, uh, they go right back to where they originally came from. Yeah. That is true. Uh, are you a college basketball fan? Yes, and yeah, watch the last two championships for sure. UConn wins the NCAA men's basketball title. I, you know, obviously I wanted Dutcher to win it. I never thought he would, though, mm-hmm. because UConn is really good. Yeah, for a four seed, they were destroying everybody. Yeah, they did. They destroyed, literally, like you, like you just put it, they destroyed everybody. UConn wins the NCAA men's basketball title. Won by, what, 13 points, something like that? Mm-hmm. No, 17 points. They won by 17 points, man. That's a big win in a national championship game. No yeah. Question. Well, you know, like uh, San Diego State was up by, I believe, 10 in the first, like, four minutes Jeez. of that game. And I thought, oh, we got a game on our hands. And then yeah. by, by yeah. halftime, they were down by, I think, almost 16. And they went down 12 going into the half. And I thought, well, you're never going to battle back. So I jumped into bed and I watched five more minutes and then just saw UConn just taking it away and went, all right, yeah. just shutting out the lights and going to bed. You know, it's one of those deals uh, that, I, that I'm not a big NBA fan. I, uh, you know, I, I never really was. I tried to watch NBA basketball. I'm a huge college basketball fan because of the, you know, Jim Dutchers and Clem Haskins of the world. They put some really, really good teams on the court over there. I love the barn anyway. I love watching basketball there. It's one of the great treats in my life, as a matter of fact. You're on campus, so the college uh, people... You know, all the college folks are at the game watching their team at their favorite school. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, to, to Connecticut, I'm sorry. They're really, really good. I hope, I'm really hoping we can make a move. And, uh, I, look, I got nothing against Ben Johnson. It just is not working. You know, that's just kind of how it is. Remember when a woman told you that, maybe a girl when you were younger? Yeah, Tom, it's just not working. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that, don't you? That ever happened to you? Yeah, my mom said that. Yeah, around the age of 16. <laughs> yeah. She was like, this isn't working out. This is not working. 
poor guy gets attacked by his own mother. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. But yeah, the uh, the game last night was it seventy six fifty nine was the final score. Very very well played. Yeah, that's interesting that you pointed that out though. That it it was in flux for a minute there. Mm-hmm. So he thought, ooh, this is going to be wonderful. Got to sit down and take this all in. And but that's college basketball. Once. Once a team takes over the floor, they just take it over, and it's really, really tough to turn it back around. No question about it. Yeah, momentum is a real thing. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got it. You know, I'm already getting tons of texts uh, from friends of mine. That, so they want to get the the whole staff together on the on the the show here, and I'm talking about uh, you know the the morning show and. Judd and Phil and you get on the list of a Chris Eggert and get everybody and go to Twins games. They all want to go to Twins games with us this year, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. I want to go. I'll tell you that. I definitely want to go, and that's all there is to it. So Yeah, trying to get some tickets right now for March. I think it's the – not March, excuse me. I think May 19th, Monday night, they're playing the Giants. And I got a friend of mine, him and his family from San Francisco are coming to town. So we're uh, going to go down and check out the game. Probably be the first one I've been to in a couple of years. The last Twins game I went to was opening day like three years ago, and I brought a date with me. First time we had ever met, we were standing in line to get a drink, and some girl had cut her off at the bar. And uh, the, the bartender served her before he served us. And the girl I was on a date with loudly said, to, so everybody could hear, Apparently, you got to be fat and ugly to get a drink around here. (laughs) (laughs) I was was like, well, I don't think this is going to last. Speaking of this is not working out, yeah, I don't think this one's going to last. So, Mm -hmm. a little too harsh for you, did she? Yeah. That's man. That's bold. That's a bold move right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. One thing I would I would warn her, as I'm assuming she was a, she was a slender woman. Yeah, the gal I was I was on the date with. Yeah, she was a little taller, uh, probably about four inches taller than me. So, but slender, mm-hmm. athletic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she was like five ten. Yeah, probably about that. Yeah, probably five ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Catherine. Catherine's about five eleven. So I, the tall women thing. But the one thing you got to watch out for if you're a woman is insulting what you would call big fat women, because those women can fight like a some bitch. Oh sure. A lot of them, not all of them, but the, some of them can. Watch your head. Yeah, there's some uh, like uh, what do they call it? Like the brawling beauties boxing uh, coalition or something. And <laughs> some of, like they have women in there that have been training their entire life to be you know gecko Roman wrestlers or go to the yeah. Olympics for the jujitsu. And then they get in the ring with some piece of trailer trash from Alabama, and that gal from Alabama just mops the floor with them. Oh yeah, and no no question about that. There's no getting around that whatsoever. But. Well, I tell you what, this was, uh, and again, I, I have to report that uh, Brittany sh- showed up, but then she had to poop again, so she went back home. Still in there. It's amazing. <laughs> and I'm really hoping that everybody heard that so they'll actually think she is. <laughs> we love torturing her. She's got a man. I had that cold from March 1st until about March 17th, something like that. Mm-hmm. I had the same thing she, she's got now, and I haven't been around her, so I didn't give it to her. But, man, that thing hangs on for two, two and a half, three weeks. It's that. That cold is tough, man. Yeah, I forgot what it was like to have kids that are in daycare. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it, Pally. Everything else good? Yeah, everything's good, man. Absolutely, for sure. I don't know about Brittany for the show tomorrow. Hopefully she'll better, uh, feel better and she'll be back. Mm-hmm. I hope, and if not, stay home and get better. Brit- we love you, Brittany. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.